Welcome to another captivating episode of Raw Momversations, where fearless moms and experts unite to explore alternative practices. Hey there, I'm Ali. And I'm Melania. Our mission is to empower your one-of-a-kind parenting journey. Join us as we explore unconventional birthing and parenting methods. Get ready for inspiration, authentic stories, and unwavering family love. Together, we're rewriting our rules of parenting one bold step at a time. So without further ado, let's kick off this empowering conversation. Raw Momversations, where fearless motherhood leads the way. Welcome back, Christina, our naturopath. We've already had an episode with Christina and we focused on, we asked Christina in our first episode, what were the common health issues she sees in her practice? And one of them was constipation. So we have a whole episode on that and you can learn about Christina listening to that episode. And today we're focusing on immunity. Mm -hmm. So welcome back, Christina. Thank you for having me back. (laughs) So let's talk about the increased use of antibiotics in today's society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so even if you look like statistically speaking, um, worldwide antibiotic usage from like the 2000s to 2015 um, is about 65% increase. Okay, so that's huge. Um, And we're not even at 2023 yet. I, I would have to go find the stats for more recent um, but but that was the one that I was able to find at for just from previous years. And um, so that's huge. Um, definitely, it's more and more, again, in practice, when someone comes in to see me, like I ask, what's your previous meds that you've taken? Are you on any prescription drugs? Um, and antibiotics is one of, I mean, the most common and the most frequent one I see. How does the use of antibiotics affect the gut health? So... In a few ways, yeah, um, I'll, I'll try to explain this as simply as I could. Um, but basically, it decreases, like we spoke about uh, briefly about the kind of the ecosystem in our gut, the good and the bad. It does decrease the microbial diversity in your gut. And that's just, again, there's lots of research on it. There's been studies done on it. It also increases the antimicrobial resistance to the antibiotic. It promotes pathogens like C. difficile and yeast that could cause diarrhea. And we see that quite often that, you know, antibiotic caused uh, diarrhea caused by antibiotic usage. Uh, So those are just a few of the of the symptoms that you can get more shorter term diarrhea, uh, yeast infections, recurrent yeast infections. I've seen that liver damage. It does spike your liver enzymes on blood work. Um, now those are supposed to go back to normal. If they don't, for me, that's problematic. Uh, itching, rash, hives, we've seen that happen after antibiotic usage. Can you explain a little bit the long-term side effects that are consequences of taking antibiotics? Yeah, so as I was explaining on the constipation episode, um, our gut is kind of, like I said, the tight junctions. I don't know if you girls remember um, so if it becomes loose, more pathogens can get in. And that's what uh, that's what the antibiotic does. So yes, it's helping you. Um, but long term, we have like our mucosal layer, and it does decrease that mucosal layer in thickness. Um, so it is decreasing. So it increases the, uh, the chances of pathogens and other bacteria to go in. Um, and again, it is affecting your gut health because if our mucosal layer is not thick, 
and nice and healthy, this increases the risk of uh, being less immune, um, having a lower immunity, uh, catching more diseases, more colds, more infections. So it's a little bit of a catch-22, like the more and more, I'm not saying not to use antibiotics, there is a Mm -hmm. time and place when to use antibiotics, um, but definitely as a mom and what I do, let's say for my children, um, for me, I consider it more of a last resort than a first reach for the antibiotic. Um, So I'll always explore my other options first before going in and, and administering that or choosing to administer that. I just think more and more parents should, you know, ask these questions. I mean, it's your right. You should discuss these things with your practitioner um, and discuss what other alternatives and, you know, ask the question, is it absolutely necessary? I think there's nothing wrong in, in having an open communication with with practitioners. Yeah, asking what the risks, what the benefits are, you know, what yeah, exactly. can you do before and, in, and after taking them? Yeah, exactly. And in, in all medicine that that's how we look at things even in pharma even in pharmacology we always look at um benefit risk ratio mm-hmm. um so is you know is it absolutely necessary what are the benefits and what are the risks and then it's you know it's up to you and you can make that choice if you want to go ahead with it and so how could if so if they have taken antibiotic how could parents strike a balance between the necessary treatment and preserving your gut health yeah so I mean, this is this is important because um, diet has to be really on point here uh, because we could we need all the all the uh, nutrients we can get during the antibiotic treatment. Um, definitely doing at least natural probiotics, so like the kefir, the kimchi, the sauerkraut during antibiotic usage. And um, there are studies that uh, probiotics were shown to reduce the severity of antibiotic-associated diarrhea and the negative side effects. But again, going back to certain strains are important. The two mm-hmm. that were researched most um, and proved uh, this, uh, this result was S. Bilardi, so that specific strain, and Lactobacillus rhamnosis gg okay <laughs> it's yes. a mouthful but those are the two it's about 20 letters long that one <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly and so see most people yeah. won't know that you know offhand so those two would really really um be the most beneficial um would you take also them, them help with other conditions would you take yeah. them at the same time or no, you know never, morning and night no so never same time always it's always two hours apart from the antibiotic. Mm-hmm. So it really depends the scheduling that the doctor um, suggested for the antibiotic. Let's say it depends the situation, depends the infection. Right. Some children need to take them morning, night. Some some children Ooh. need to be administered it three times a day. Uh, others too, depending the dosing. Um, so very important. The, the important message here is to always uh, separate the antibiotic and the probiotic by two hours. And I mean, you'll hear different things from different people. There's some people that suggest after antibiotic usage. There's some people that suggest like before, during. So all different takes depending depending the practitioners. But in my opinion, really, it should be during. And especially, like I said, the data is pretty strong for those two strains during an antibiotic to help mitigate and do some damage control. Some of the side effects um, can are they instant or can they show up like a few weeks after antibiotics are taken? So when we're talking about rash, hives, itching, that's pretty, pretty instant, I would say, like within 
within a few days. Um, we have seen, like I said, when it talks more liver damage, it really depends. Like if somebody's been given an antibiotic over a period of one month, two months consecutively, that's when we really start to worry about more like liver, um, stomach, gut. Uh, so that, uh, again, it could maybe only come up later. Mm. Uh, so it's really, really uh, case dependent. Um, and there I would, we would really need to look at the data, look at their blood work, probably do uh, like an oats test to really see the damage. But again, then symptoms would be coming out um, in other ways, like digestive issues, uh, chronic constipation, things like that. My poor daughter was on antibiotics for a UTI. Um, mm -hmm. And then about two weeks later, she had severe diarrhea, severe rash for like a good two weeks. It was just brutal. Like, poor girl. I, I should have just called you back then, but... Yeah, it's, oh. uh, it, it, you know, it's it's a thing. It, it, it exists and, and this is reoccurring. And, and that's why it goes back to, like, really looking for your specific situation for your child. Is it absolutely necessary? And, I mean, again, there's certain cases where, yes, it's necessary. It's life or death. It's a, a serious infection for sure. Um, but see, like, in cases of UTIs, we do see sometimes the yeast coming back or people with history of mm -hmm. UTIs. We would look at things differently and, and you know, from a holistic uh, side of things, we look at things a little differently for recurrent yeast infections. Mm. Interesting. We'll yeah. have to yeah. do a whole episode I, I, about I, I mean, that. And, then, and then the question <laughs> arises, like, where does it end, right? I like, know. Do you want to take antibiotics for the rest of your life? And that goes for any medication, right? Like, is that, that, that has to be really your decision, but I would just, um, you know, encourage people to think about that, to think about that a little bit more, like, and especially a child, it's such a young age. Um, do we really want to affect the gut so heavily at such a young age, like they're just mm -hmm. developing? And, and that too, and I could share this study, um, they did show that neonatal exposure to antibiotic actually impairs growth in the first six years of life. That's huge. Like, um, even if it's yeah. one study, even if it's two, yeah. like, do you want to take the risk? I don't know. Again, that's, this is really, uh, subjective and everybody has their own threshold for sure. I'm saying more. Neonatal is what's neonatal, neo, neo, I can't even say it. Neonatal. Is that like when the baby's growing or is that like young? Uh, young. Okay. Young. So, uh, by definition, I think like newborn, like okay. the first, yeah. the first four weeks, the first four or five weeks of a child's life. That would be affected when the mom is getting the antibiotics during labor. Two, exactly. Yeah, those yeah. are things to consider. Again, is it absolutely necessary? Do you want to, uh, would you want to take it? Is there an alternative? Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not saying like not to take anything, but is there other alternatives? Um, what can we do? Like, and again, when people come to my office, it's usually for that, you know, they're, mm -hmm. they're coming with uh, expecting something, they're coming to me to, to, to find another solution. Right. What alternative approaches or therapies can reduce um, the need for antibiotics? So definitely when we talk about antibiotics, it's going to be, you know, really, really, really immunity. Everything to do with immunity, um, 
boosting your immunity. So, I mean, it all comes down to diet and nutritional mm. uh, deficiencies. So definitely um, in- increasing that. If it's a baby, I mean, being breastfed helps. Uh, the breast milk is, you know, like we say, liquid gold. It's, yeah. it's setting up the kid for a better um gut health uh, protecting it in that way so that's that i would say would be the most natural and nothing you know if you you're formula fed too you could find good formulas out there that have at least vitamins minerals um but again maybe talk to a practitioner what's the best type of formula what should it have in it etc cetera, etc cetera. so that's more young as they get older and start going to daycare and building up their immunity naturally um this is where like and again, toddlers, I know they go through phases, they're more picky, but this is where I would say like vitamin C is important, vitamin D, getting getting out there, getting just through the sun, because um, that's how we absorb the vitamin D. Vitamin C in foods like the citrus ones, uh, kiwi, uh, antioxidants, you know, in spinach, berries, uh, apricots, collard greens, uh, pineapple. Pineapple, the center of pineapple is full of uh, bromelain, which helps with immunity. So just, again, I find like food is medicine. We don't have to go too far. And uh, again, I think in 2023, it's very pushed, like all about supplements, all about supplements, not really my style. I think that we have to build on the foundation first and doing this at such a young age to build up slowly and gradually the immunity. For sure, there are things that can help like vitamin C, vitamin D. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, probiotics, zinc, uh, elderberry, you know, that's, that's a good one for flu season, uh, echinacea, all these things in terms of, you know, having a natural medicine cabinet would be great. Um, <laughs> but, but again, I try to get it through food first. So like yes. raw honey, uh, manuka, manuka honey, uh, cooking a lot with garlic, garlic is antibacterial. It's just a proven fact, uh, you know, try to cook a little bit more with garlic. Uh, salt, ginger, onions, uh, bone broth. Bone broth too is my version of liquid <laughs> gold. I mean, they're getting all the minerals and nutrients through the bone broth. So there's, you know, there's options out there and ways to build up the uh, the immunity. Colostrum, which is made through the mother's milk, you could also give it a, in supplement form, which definitely helps uh, build immunity in children. And so that's nice, that? even as an alternative. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So so let's say like you weren't able to breastfeed for XYZ reasons, at least we we could maybe supplement with a powder form colostrum. Oh, so interesting. It's, very, it's, a nice, uh, it's a nice tool. Love that. You're like all up on that. I know. It's, <laughs> it's like good to know. Well, I need to throw that into my own, cabinet. Your, like you, and it doesn't matter if it's not your own colostrum? No, no. So it's bovine. It comes from animal. Um, so again, obviously, if you're vegetarian, that you wouldn't be able to eat this, or if you're lactose, wouldn't be able. But um, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, everyone else can. It just it's such a vicious circle, right? Because you're taking an antibiotic, you potentially didn't heal the gut during or afterwards, yeah. and then maybe yeah. you're weakened, so you're going to get another uh, yeah. sickness. And that's and then, why hmm. I was saying that catch twenty two. It's like the more you use antibiotics, first of all, your body's getting more dependent on it. It can. Mm -hmm develop a resistance and also you're ruining your gut health so it's like a catch-22 kind of setting yourself up for really bad immunity well that was the whole fear i had with my daughter is she had a uti then she got the diarrhea and the rash which was so severe and then she spiked a fever after that. So I'm like, oh my God, is this going to cause another UTI from the diarrhea? You know, I, I was like, 
in this cycle of fear <laughs> and yeah. praying that it would not be the case. I know, oh. hard, but like then I would just go back to like be- benefit risk. Yeah. You know, in those yeah. situations. And that's why I really do it case by case. Even with my kids, I take oh, yeah. that decision for everything. Like, is it benefit risk? Do they absolutely need this? Mm-hmm. So Christina, we are in the midst of flu season. What would be your top recommendations to help parents get through this period with their children? Yeah, so uh, depending the age, but generally speaking, like two plus, uh, I love, love, love the Echinacea by Avogel, the tabs. Um, So they're chewable tabs, really, really great um, for flu season, helping build up that uh, and avoid infection. Um, Also, uh, Deep Immunity by St. Francis. So it has astragalus, which really helps. It's an herb to help uh, immunity in children. It has a little bit of honey in it as well. So that's why it's two plus. Um, And then the last one would be definitely vitamin D. For me, that's really basic, um, especially winter months. We all live in Canada. We don't get as much sun exposure as other countries. Um, Every kid should be on vitamin D. These come in like pill format or liquid? Uh, No. So what's nice is, so the Echinacea tabs, uh, you can get it from like IJ, Tao, Amazon, I think has it too. It's chewables. What I suggest for some lower kid, uh, younger kids, um, just cut, you know, you could crush the tablet if they're not as comfortable uh, chewing it. Uh, or like the two-year-olds, they're not as comfortable yet chewing. So you can just always crush it. Yeah, that's what I do. I crush it and put it in her OJ. Exactly. And then the other two are liquid. The vitamin D is really neat because it's um, spray fruit punch flavor and kids tend to love it. And it's just a spray. So super Ooh. easy to to count and uh the deep immune is a is a liquid so you can give it with a spoon or a syringe whatever your preference do you still recommend vitamin d in the summer or just the winters because we're not so much in the sun unless i see like signs of maybe leaky gut or other issues um and in children that's tends to be less common i see it more in adults so uh no if you're getting enough sun exposure um, it's usually okay. Um, plus, if you have a good and well-balanced diet, those two in concurrence are usually enough. Um, so I would say more for the winter months, but there are some parents that choose to still give the vitamin D in the summer months, but just like the lowest dose. Beautiful. Christina, both of our episodes with you were primarily focused on children, but anyone and everyone can come and see you. Uh, yes. So, uh, I mean, my <laughs> definitely I specialize in children. I specialize in hormone health. So that's a big one. I work with a lot of fertility mm. uh, clients. So um, uh, trying to conceive, also postpartum, uh, pregnancy, like during pregnancy. So pregnancy health, uh, that's a big one. Um, I also see men, a lot of men. A lot of men come to me for um, nutrition for um, like weight training, helping uh, certain supplements for weight training. Um, also fertility. Yeah. Yes, right, also for fertility. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Usually I see couples like together mm-hmm. or, you know, separate. Um, I mean, IBS, IBD, those things, any gut issues, digestive issues, male and female. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've, I think I've done it all. <laughs> Eczema is a big one in both, in kind of oh, yeah. all adults, male, female, and children. Uh, acne is a big one too. Um, so yeah. And like I said, a lot of, uh, some people do come to me like wanting to either um, 
find alternative or just kind of sometimes it's just general health and that's I'm open to that too like sometimes they just want you know opinions or ideas on what foods are healthy uh what they're eating etc and then some other people just come for functional tests uh which we do as well Those so if you're interested in that I, I yeah. just feel like I could rack your brain for like four hours <laughs> I know yeah I know yeah, we could be here till tomorrow I love this stuff so I could literally I could and, talk, and, and, uh, and if anybody googles you you literally have only the most positive reviews so anybody oh, would like you to come and be in contact with thank you. you thank um, you if, that means a lot if anyone missed our first episode they could reach you uh, through Instagram or, um, I mean, if, if they're clients already, you can uh, just email the clinic. So, uh, info at santesolutionsante.com and you can find all the info on their website, or you can even just call the clinic. Uh, Mary's the best. She's our receptionist <laughs> and she'll just, uh, lead your call or direct, uh, or leave me a message for me to call you guys back. Wonderful. I love it. Thank so you. Ladies and gentlemen. Christina. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was another real and raw conversation. See you next time. Bye. Bye.